Well, in Psalm 9, verses 1 and 2, we read, I'll praise you, Lord, with all my heart. Your wonders I'll proclaim. I will rejoice in you, Most High, and praise your holy name. Well, let's praise the Lord as we begin our worship, as we sing, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer.
Well, let's unite our hearts in prayer. Let's pray together. Oh, our loving Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your amazing invitation to come and enter your gates with praise and to approach with joy. And so, Lord, as we rejoice and as we rest in your presence, oh, still our hearts and strengthen our faith. Fill our longings and whisper your blessed assurance. Oh, may we know with confidence that Jesus, our beloved, for we are his and he is mine. Oh, that we are the flock of your pasture. And Lord, as we trust in your purposes and celebrate in your presence, we do thank you for your protection, your provisions of mercy, forgiveness, love and grace. But Lord, we especially rejoice this morning in your sweet promises that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Lord, as your word is open to us, please open our eyes, open our ears and our hearts, deepen us in the love of Christ. Lord, sanctify us through your word. And Lord, forgive us, cleanse us afresh. May we know today a, a new day, a new beginning. Clothe us in your heavenly armour, oh, that we may be strengthened, protected, prepared, and ready to stand firm, seeking always to live for your glory alone. And so, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, blessed triune God, oh, how we worship and adore you. Lift now our hearts as we unite in prayer and as we share in the Lord's prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We're going to take our Bible reading from Second Peter there in chapter 3 from verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speeding its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless 
and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Well, may the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. So what is it to grow as a Christian? Peter calls it, it's to grow in grace. So what does Peter mean, to grow in grace? Well, can I first of all explain what it's not? To grow in grace and to grow as a Christian, it's not to grow more saved. Okay, it's not becoming more saved. I remember hearing of someone who used to go to a church every Sunday morning and Sunday evening. And they always preached the gospel on a Sunday morning. And this person, they, there was an altar call at the end for those who, if they weren't sure they were Christians, they were to go forward at the end and to receive Christ. And that they would place their trust in him and that people would pray for him. And so th this man went forward at the meeting that, that Sunday morning. And he was overjoyed. And he went home and he knew, Lord, thank you, I'm saved. See, next Sunday, the gospel was preached again in that church. And as the church service went on, he began to doubt that he was a Christian. And then there was an altar call. For those who want to be saved, come forward. And you know, that man went forward again to get saved. And the following week, and the following week, for years, he would go forward when he felt that he may not be saved. <laughs> Can I tell you, to grow as a Christian, it's not to go on being saved like that. It's not becoming more forgiven. It's not, oh Lord, you've forgiven me. And then as the days go on and we sin, oh, maybe the Lord hasn't forgiven me. And so maybe we feel that the Christian life is about being more forgiven. Well, Peter says, no, that's also no, that's not what it is to grow in grace. It's not becoming more justified. It's not becoming more religious. Bishop J.C. Ryle, the great Victorian preacher, he said this, when I speak of growth in grace, I mean increase in the degree, size, strength, vigor, and power of the graces which the Holy Spirit plants in a believer's heart. I like that. When the Lord, when you are born from above, when the life of Christ comes into you, 
To grow in grace is to grow in the life of Christ. He has blessed you and it's now to grow in that blessing. He has poured gifts and graces upon you and we're to grow in that. Consider a child. When a child is born, we expect the child to grow. When you plant something in the garden, you expect it to grow. And as it grows, it will change. When you see a trees being planted, you can already picture what they'll be like in years to come. Your vision is for growth. And it's the same of the believer. When a Christian comes to know Christ, when we, when we come to experience God's love and mercy and grace in our hearts, then we ought to grow in that love and that mercy and that grace and that forgiveness to where we actually become more graceful, more loving, more forgiving. That's the life of Christ. It's not you trying to be religious. It's you allowing the life of Christ that's in you to grow. And so whenever you feel down and flat, that you're mucking up and that you're not where you ought to be, go back to the Lord as his child and just tell him, Lord, please, there's too much of me growing at the moment. Lord, I want more of Jesus growing in my life. I want more of his life flowing. I don't want my life. I want to live according to the Spirit, not according to my flesh. Isn't that what Paul teaches? That we're to live according to the Spirit. That Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that came upon Jesus. The same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the grave. That same Holy Spirit is in the believer. And that's the life that we want to grow through us. It's not, Lord, help me and oh, I need to get my prayers all correct and my grammar and everything. It's, Lord, will you pray through me today? Lord, will you give me the prayers and the desires of the things that I ought to pray for? To grow in grace is, as J.C. Ryle said, it's to see an increase and great degrees of the blessings and the graces of God flowing in the believer's life. So consider for even a moment. Remember Peter? Peter who had backslidden Oh boy, did he not come to a place of great blessing. Do you remember Paul? Who was on the Damascus Road. But oh, he came to know the Roman Road. As he came to know Christ. And you remember John. Beloved John, one of my favourite disciples. He was known as the son of thunder. He was fiery. If you, you wouldn't want to be in a room alone with him. He, he would try and debate with you. He would argue with you. You couldn't win an argument with, with John. <laughs> he was so competitive. He would run. He would try and even beat you to see Jesus. That's John. A son of thunder. As John began to follow the Lord Jesus... 
Oh, it wasn't all plain sailing for him as he began to fall in love with Jesus. Whenever he saw Jesus now being persecuted or being attacked or people saying ill things of him. Oh, notice John. John was, Lord, will we cause fire to come from heaven and burn them all up? That was John. <laughs> that was him as, as one who was following Jesus. Whenever he saw sin and evil and he was, he was Lord, let's burn it all up. L let them be condemned to death. And that was his attitude. But you know, as John grew in grace, today he's known as the apostle or the disciple of love. Legend has it that John on his deathbed told the church at Ephesus, remember, love one another. John, what a transformation. As he grew in grace, yes, oh boy, he had an anger. He had maybe a short temper. He was a son of thunder. But you know, as the life of Christ began to grow in him, as he grew in grace, he came to be known as the apostle of love. Oh, love one another. But can I ask the question? And it's a question I always ask, and you've always heard me asking it. So Scott, <laughs> okay, we know what, it's, what growing in grace isn't. We know it's not growing more religious and so what is it? Or how, how do we grow in grace? So how do we do it then? Well, Peter here begins to tell us. And he draws, and in fact we can see from other scriptures as well, what it is to grow in grace. What is it? Well, Paul wrote to the Thessalonians there in chapter 1, at chapter 3, there at verse 12, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. To grow in grace is to increase, to know an increase of love. And not just a feeling of love, but to know an increase of the love of Christ flowing through you. It's to increase in that love. That's to grow in grace. As Paul prayed, or in fact, John in his letter, he said, that, how do we know that we've passed from death to life? He said, because we love one another. In John's gospel, how shall all men know that you are my disciples? How do we know that we're really disciples of Jesus? Because we love one another. To grow in grace is to increase in the love of Christ. As Paul wrote to the Corinthians, without love, we're nothing. Without that love of God in Christ, we can do nothing. Love is the greatest. Faith, hope, and love Paul also wrote to the Thessalonians. He tells us that 
to increase or to grow in grace is also to increase in faith. We're told that when the fruit of the Spirit begins to appear, we're growing in grace. As someone once wrote, many still feel that they're in nursery school when it comes to faith, their life of faith. And you know, sometimes we feel like that, don't we? We feel as if growing in faith, oh Scott, I feel as if I'm in primary school still. I still feel that, oh, I'm, I'm filled with doubts and fears. To grow in grace is to know, yes, an increase in the love of Christ, but it's also to know an increase of faith. When you know that life of Christ beginning to fill you, your faith will be increased. Have you ever prayed and thought your prayers wouldn't be answered? Mainly because you knew that the prayer that you were asking would take a miracle. Have you ever prayed for a family member where you had given up hope that any good was going to come out of their, them being in hospital? Or maybe an illness or a sickness? Or maybe on the prayer line, maybe you've received a prayer line request and you just felt, oh, poor souls. And maybe you felt in yourself, do you know this? I don't know. And anyway, but you pray. You pray. And then suddenly, months later, you bump into someone who begins to talk about a person who was put on the prayer line. Did you hear about so-and-so? Do you know, they had a week to live. Or see that child that was so sick. Do you know that now they've, they've started school, they're doing well? Some of you here today have had requests put on the prayer line and today you can say, Scott, do you know this? I remember when I put a prayer request there on, on that prayer line and I, I really felt as if that prayer may never be answered. But you know, it was. And see, when you pray, when you have little faith, see when a prayer gets answered, do you not increase in your faith? Do you not then feel, Lord, boy, I didn't expect that. <laughs> and what happens is often, you begin then to feel that increase in faith where you believe, not because of your prayer, but because you know that God can touch a life. Now, God doesn't always say yes to every prayer. Sometimes the Lord says no to prayers, and sometimes he says wait. But see, when you increase in faith, you learn to trust him. That's what it is to increase in your faith is, Lord, whatever the outcome, I've come to trust you. I know that you have the best for my life. And Lord, it may be that we're praying for our parents. Lord, please don't let our parents die. And the Lord may well say, Scott, I'm sorry, but your dad's in a better place. To be with me is far better. Scott, I have to say no this time. But you know, even when we feel that God doesn't answer our prayers, oh, to increase, to grow in grace is, is by some miraculous means, 
Our faith increases in God himself. We can trust him. And to grow in grace, yes. Therefore, it's to increase in love. It's to increase in faith. And this is now where Peter brings out growing in grace. He says that it's also an increase of the knowledge of God. It's to increase in the knowledge of God. In fact, Paul, when he wrote to the Colossians there in chapter 1 at verse 10, he prays, Lord, help me. He, as he prays for the church, oh, that we would increase in the knowledge of God. Why did he pray for that? Why would he pray for a, a, an increase in the knowledge of God? Well, he goes on to say, in order to bear fruit. To bear fruit. To be more fruitful in my life. Lord, I need to know you more. I need to know your heart. I need to know your plans for my life. Lord, I need to follow you and your will. And Lord, I need to know your purposes and your plans. Lord, please, may I increase in the knowledge of God. May I come to know you more. Remember what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi? He said, all that I want to know is to know him, to know Christ. Oh, everything else means nothing, but oh, to know a relationship with Jesus, to grow up in him. And as Peter writes here, the reason that he desires to, to increase in the knowledge of God is so that he will grow in knowing God. That's why we pray, Lord, please, Oh, we want to grow in our knowledge of you. It's because we want to know him. We want to know his heart. We want to know a heart growing in relationship with God. And so, this morning, so how do we grow in grace? Well, we increase in love. We increase in faith and we increase in our knowledge of God. That's what it is. That's how we grow in grace. And can I just finish? As time rushes so quickly in Stevenson, it's not like sky time. You know, in sky, everything, the time just stops. You could sit all day listening to the minister, couldn't you? But anyway, let's get back to Ayrshire time. I will close with this. But what means does the Lord use to help us to grow in grace yes we want to increase in love in faith and in the knowledge of God but how does God do it how is he going to work that in our life because if it's not about us reaching God but about him reaching into us so therefore how, how are we going to grow in grace and how, how does that work how do we increase in love and faith and in the knowledge of God 1 Peter chapter 2. In verse 2 he tells us he uses his word. He uses the Bible. He uses the word of God. That we need to drink like little babies. We need the milk of the word. And then we need to mature onto the meat of the word. In Romans chapter 5 
the Lord often uses suffering. Yes, that may sound awful, but the Lord can use the storms and the trials of life to help us grow in grace. In chapter 5, we're told we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. Yes, the Lord can use sufferings. He can use your private devotional life. When you have your quiet time, when you get alone with the Lord, he can use these times to help you to grow in grace. And can I also highlight especially coming to church when we worship together as the Lord's people. This is a means that God uses to help us to grow in grace. And when you have fellowship with other Christians, see when you meet with Christians during the week, whether it's going for a coffee or going for a Bible study, or phoning one another and just sharing your heart with one another as you have fellowship with one another. God uses these means for us to grow in grace. And so we must take every opportunity to use these means. The Hebrew writer tells us, don't forsake meeting together because that's the way we grow in grace. Don't forsake reading the word each day That's how you grow in grace. Don't forsake prayer. That's how you grow in grace. And as you grow in grace, you will grow in love. You will grow in faith. And you will grow in the knowledge of God. Imagine now a church that's growing in grace. Not just a a Christian. But can you imagine what a church would look like that's growing in grace? A church that's growing in grace is increasing in love. They're increasing in faith and they're increasing in the knowledge of God. Wouldn't you like to be part of a church like that? Where you can go and not get a finger pointed at you telling you you're rubbish and you're awful and you're doomed. Would you not like to go to a place where you can feel an increase of the love of Christ for you and flowing through you? What a community could do with a church like that. I tell you, see when a community sees a church that's growing in grace, that's increasing in love and faith and in the knowledge of God, boy, they're going to miss it if it goes. They're going to miss it if it goes. And so, Lord, is that your prayer this morning? Lord, I want to grow in grace. As Peter tells us here, oh, that we would live for your glory and the knowledge of the Lord, that we would know you, Lord. Increase our love, increase our faith. And Lord, increase our knowledge of you. Is that your prayer? Is that the prayer you have for this church? Well, can we pray? So let's unite our hearts. I'm going to let you have a, a wee quiet time just to have your own prayer. So let's, let's go to prayer. Well, we're going to stand as we worship the Lord together in our closing hymn, Your Grace That Leads the Sinner Home From Death to Life Forever. By grace I am redeemed.
And so may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God our Father and the fellowship, comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Thank you.